son's name. Brian, no. Quagmire? No. Is it Brian? Quagmire? No, the son. Are we talking about family guy stuff? Yeah. The son. Oh, s- Kevin? Whatever his name is. You know, the, the old dude is like always trying to harass yeah, the son. Yeah. Chris. 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 <laughs> Come here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Family Guy before. See, that's why, that's why you're going to hell. I think we were talking about this last pod, but about like raunchy animated comedies, adult, uh, yeah. you know, that I I can't do. Them. You can't do them. No. But like you said, you've never tried them. I don't want to try them yeah. though. I always I'm afraid of them, but I love them. I was, like, obsessed with watching Family Guy clips for a while. You watch Family Guy? Yeah. I used to watch it when I lived in Fayetteville. Uh, All the guys. In your delinquent years? Yeah. And then, but now I love (laughs) to watch clips. Like, just little short Uh, YouTube. Isn't it, like, Family Guy or, like, South Park? They, like, predict the future or something? I think South Park is that. South Park just had one. It was a Meghan Markle and Harry episode and it was all about like um, <laughs> I heard about how they that. don't want fame but they're in the news constantly and going on shows <laughs> they made a Netflix show but then they constantly say we just don't want to be a part of like you know we don't want to be in the news we don't want to be thought about in the news and then apparently they sued South Park for making that episode Are you so even serious? more in the news Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how could you sue someone for saying that though I don't know they just wanted to be in the news, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you heard anything about his book and stuff? No. What's uh-uh. his book called? I think it's called Spare. The reason I know is I was watching this news podcast and they talked about it. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I heard mean, the book was kind of graphic, though, right? I don't know. I heard uh-huh. he was talking about like some some interactions. Oh, with women. Yeah, with Ooh. women. I don't know. And I like mean, it, it was like very graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I no. don't know. No, I he's a I don't know, that whole thing is interesting. We watched did you watch any of the show they put on Netflix? No, but I kinda wanna start it. Sarah watched it and I watched a few episodes with her. It was interesting. Is it I mean it, it just makes him look a little crazy, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But. Anyways, guys. Welcome back to the uh, opening opening hot pod number seven. Number seven. Number wow. seven. Oh, number yeah. seven. Seven weeks in a row. We seven haven't weeks. missed a week yet. That's true. So the viewership has multiplied by seven. Um, since the not beginning. quite, not quite, <laughs> but <laughs> consistency is key. There consistency you go. is key. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually. I'm surprised we've kept it up seven weeks in a row. I'm impressed. Without Heck missing yeah. a week. Heck you know? yeah. Yeah. Really, it's, you know, one hour a week. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it, you know, it's hard to get somebody on and, like, you know, find the person to come on every yeah. time, I guess. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. We're still learning that. Yeah. I wrote us on that. <laughs> but, anyways, our guest today is a second timer. Our brother, our fellow journeyman, <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Pegg. Round of applause, y'all. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> See, that would that would have been a good time for you to hit the, the clapping. 
sound bit. Oh, do you Which one sound? is it? I have no should idea. I, should yeah, I go just, for one? Yeah, try it. Oh, God. That's the cough button. What did that do? I didn't hear anything. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. And it started a, a timer up there. Click the Let's try one. this one. Maybe I think it doesn't the, pick up on our. I think headset. you have to like preset it or something. Oh. Who knows? Maybe. Who cares? Try one more. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe just, we just can't hear it. Well, you just got to go fill in something when you're mm. uh, editing it. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we can pretend. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Man. So we've had a good good weekend up here. Guys are up here. We went. Uh, did a little sauna bike ride, I guess, on stationary bikes. So yeah, a little hot work session. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, 130 degrees. It was fun. It makes me really want to get a sauna. Oh, yeah. Dude, you feel fun. really good after it. Yeah. Did y'all feel Yeah, I felt like my, ten, my skin was kind of like tingling almost. Mm. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were only in for 15 minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was only 15 And minutes. only 130 degrees. Yeah. That is true. I mean, what I mean, a what's like the standard for saunas? It's got to be. I have no idea. Like, do people crank it to like two hundred and are in there for like forty five minutes? Or? I feel like you'd almost cook yourself. I mean, we were cooking that meat last night at two hundred and fifty. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Get a little char going. What was that? I wonder what the temp is. Look it up. Yeah, I, I, think I don't know the, what the normal. I think it's longer and higher, though. Definitely. I mean, I would bet it is. Because, I mean, it was warm in there, but we were also working out for 15 minutes. That's true. I mean, we were pretty sweaty. We were moving. Yeah. But, I mean, the benefits are crazy. Like, I've seen... I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it, and Huberman talks about it all the time. Just, like... Yeah. All the benefits. And, like, I saw... They were talking about one study, and it was like it brought down like all risk of disease by like forty percent, yeah, or something yeah, crazy yeah. like, like that. all cause mortality down substantially. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading here, you guys, that usually it's between one fifty and one ninety five Fahrenheit. Oh mm. wow! So we were like going in easy, easy. Hmm. Interesting. Which the lady there did say. The heat was coming from one side of the room. That's true. And, and you so, were on the hot side. Right. So I was... You were probably at 150. Yeah. And there was three been. of us in there. Yeah. That's so like, true. She also said like the body heat would mm-hmm. yeah. increase the temp. Too. That is true. Mm-hmm. But I really do want to get into the you know the sauna and then the cold plunge and the sauna. Has anyone the done plunge. the ice bath yet? One Have time you? one time I filled my bathtub with ice. Really? Yeah. When? Uh, what? How was it? It was amazing. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Filled it up with ice and just put it on cold. Mm. Filled it up. It was. I mean, it was freezing. How yeah. long did you do it? Was it hard? I can't. This was like two. This is when I was at Hill Place. Oh yeah. Shout out Hill Place. <laughs> um. So it was. It was like two years ago, but it was cold, and which I could only fit like. You know, just like my legs in there. Mm. But um, I was in there for like, I don't know, probably five minutes or something. And, pretty solid. But I mean, after 
Honestly, after like 30 seconds, you're just numb. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so know. like you Never don't you don't feel it anymore. Do you think going above the waist? Yeah, probably. And it, like hitting all your yeah, probably organs, everything. Yeah, I think I think if you were deeper in it, like up to your neck or something, mm-hmm. it would definitely be harder. Yeah. Because also, that means your heart's yeah. submerged in yeah. there. And everything probably slows down a lot. But the moment I got out and your blood kind of started flowing again, you started heating back up, like your legs, like my legs felt amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So even just that little, you know, trial run was yeah. Yeah. significant. Every time I think about doing a, a like an ice bath or something, I always think about the time when, so Sam has this sailboat and there was a time when it was in our hometown and the keel line had broke. So it was just hanging at the bottom and me and Oliver went out there and tried to, uh, like run a rope under it and pull it up to Mm. get it up so we could get the boat out of the water or whatever. And it was pretty cold out. Was Was it winter? It was uh, fall. It was fall. Fall. Yeah. Did you guys get in? And I jumped in the water. And we got in. Dude, I was like. (laughs) Dude, and uh, down there is disgusting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably not disgusting. It's just like gunk. It's like you're in a swamp down there. Did you touch the bottom? No. It's only like two feet deep. Okay, maybe like four. Yeah. I jumped in. It was. Did I? I don't even know if I put my head under. <laughs> I don't think you put your head under. But it was you, so cold. You jumped in for like one second and it got right back out. We I was in there for a little. We couldn't. A we minute. Didn't, we didn't really accomplish anything. No. Because like, I mean, honestly, when you got in there, like you weren't like responding. Oliver was yelling at me, breathe. <laughs> Just breathe. <laughs> but I was like trying to like coach him on yeah. what to do. Yeah. And... uh he just like wasn't there, so wow. I think the cold really affected it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually, you would see that like somebody falls through the ice in like, <laughs> the Arctic and they can't handle it. Not in Arkansas in the fall. It was probably fifty <laughs> degrees. It probably was. But just oh like that, gosh. it shows you just like the shock to the body. It was weird because you're like gasping for air, kind of. Yeah, you're like hyperventilating. Yeah. It's weird. It's because your body's um, trying to like warm you back up. Mm-hmm. And also, whenever you get extremely cold, your your veins, I get, I think it's, there's vasodilation and another term. But Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I am a scientist, scientist over here. Uh, <laughs> no, but like your veins will, if you get, if it's extremely cold, your veins will get larger. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. So they can... Why? So you can move more blood through your... Yeah, well, they try to move more blood. Hmm. But um, actually, I don't know if that's... Maybe they get smaller. I don't know. I but feel like they would be bigger. I think it's bigger. Because they say the, uh, it's great for blood circulation, right? Yeah. Cold showers uh, and cold... Yeah. So then but the thing with that is pain. that when you're extremely cold, your body tries to save your 
vital organs first. So that's why when you get like frostbite and all this stuff, it's like your toes and your fingers. Mm-hmm. It's because they it your body concentrates its blood flow and oxygen to your vital organs, so your brain and your torso, you know? Because oh, that's okay. where Makes your sense, yeah. heart is, your yeah. liver is. Your so I wonder, you know, you, you struggle with your hands getting cold, so mm-hmm. does Sarah Catherine. But, like, you know, I wonder what that stems from. You know, why yeah. why is that? You know, I know there's, like, a condition. In it's called, like, Renard's, Reynard's, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I don't know really much about it, but yeah. I know it just made, like, your, yeah, like, your fingers and your toes will like turn purple and blue and like get tingly and then, like a lot of times like I'll just like lose feeling in one of my fingers and then it takes forever to come back yeah too, right yeah, yeah. it's wild re- it's really weird hmm. and even like even when it's not that cold outside like my toes will be freezing and purple hmm. and like my hands will be like purple well even when we did that bike ride which that's different but you know your hands got real cold during that yeah and turned like purple in there too which but you know you've got the cold air you're moving through the cold air so that even adds like a wind chill temperature yeah definitely that probably makes it even worse but Mm. yeah but i remember playing soccer and stuff like when we'd play in like january or february or whatever yeah like my toes and my fingers would always just be like discolored (laughs) it was always i was always like what is going on but i think it's a uh, I think it's a hereditary condition. Is it really? Yeah, I think it runs in families. Interesting. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Itati has it too. Oh, our cousin. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you always had it? I mean, I think I've only noticed it like since high school, probably. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. I feel like if you were like a bigger person, like giant. Huge person, you probably wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is maybe it has something to do with your weight because ETT mean, is like really like yeah small too, uh-huh. yeah. and I'm pretty small. Yeah. So I mean, like I don't know. I, don't know. I just need some more blubber. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just gain like a hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> what did the guy? I heard the guy on uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. You know how he gained all that weight oh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. lost it all? Mm-hmm. I heard he was like, he had a, to gain all the weight, he would leave a pint of ice cream out and let it melt. And then he'd <laughs> drink one every day. <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh. Can you I was imagine? like, that's insane. You're not even and he got like fat. <laughs> how, much, how much weight did he have to gain? I bet he put on at least 100 pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe know. not 100. Yeah, but maybe like 50. 50, probably. I, I mean, it say. was a lot. <laughs> yeah. You and like, f- he just did it because it was funny. Yeah. It was you probably d- feel like trash. Oh, putting on yeah. that much weight that quickly. Well, remember, he was like, I'm huge. He was like so happy. He's like, I'm huge. And they're like, no, you're fat. <laughs> there's, a, there's like a TV show or something, and it's called Fit to Fat to Fit. <laughs> I think and it like these fitness trainers to better understand their clients that are trying to lose weight mm. and like the the fitness trainers like super ripped and lean and all this stuff and they'll put on like 50 pounds in a month oh my gosh and then and then turn around and lose the 50 pounds because they want to know what it's like 
for their client to lose that much weight mm. and, you know, to better understand. And so I've seen these videos. They're on YouTube. And for, like, a month, they'll just stop, like, working out and just eat, like, trash. Yeah. And, and they'll put on so much weight. And then they'll lose it. But they talk about, like, how insightful it was. I can't. I, I don't believe that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I feel like, like, imagine how terrible that is for you. It's no, like, yeah, it it's, is terrible. It's for like you. Shia LaBeouf doing those crazy things for his, for his roles in acting. Well, and you like know what I mean. Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. Have oh, you seen yeah, that? When yeah. he gets like, a, he gets tiny, and looks like he, you know, he's playing the person who yeah. has AIDS. And uh, Christian Bale did it with that one. Hmm. He, oh my God, he looked deathly. Really? And then turned around and did Batman. Oh my god! Like, oh, it was crazy. Wait, he had to get super skinny for, for some role? for some role, and like, oh, it was like nasty. Like his bones sticking out, like looked like death, you know. Oh god! And then turned around and had to had to do Batman, and you know he's huge in Batman. So do you think he was like for the role? He was like shooting up heroin. Got really skinny, <laughs> and then started shooting up TRT or something. Yeah. And got got yoked. He got, was dude, had to be. You have to be on steroids to get that ripped that fast. Oh yeah, those but guys what, are all on steroids. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So to do the role of being that skinny, to put on the way they're doing, he got AIDS. steroids. So now that's a real method actor. <laughs> that's a real method actor right there. He's committed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I he mean, wanted to play a guy with AIDS, he became a guy with AIDS. He's also contagious. <laughs> <laughs> with that much money on the line, though, I mean, a lot of these actors will do anything, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, AIDS is kind of cured nowadays, so. I think it is. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like a pre-shot you can get to prevent AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've he, heard probably, he probably got the shot first, just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Have you seen that movie, Dallas Buyers Club? I haven't seen that. Oh, you yeah, gotta watch yeah. it. You have seen it? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. It is so good. You know who I love? Gerald Butler. Uh, or Gerard. Is that how you say it? Gerard. Gerard Butler. He's a G. Is he what Irish? Because, like, I think he in Scottish. Some, in some movies, mm-hmm. he like has like an American accent, uh-huh. but then in some, he has like a real thick. Yeah. Like Irish or I think Scottish you're right. accent. I think I think he's he's a stud. Irish or Scottish, maybe. What yeah. movie is he in? He's in a lot. He's in uh, like the White House Down movies. Olympus has oh, fallen. That guy. London has fallen. Yeah. yeah. Which Channing Tatum did, he did one, one of, one those, of those, those kind of okay. things, but Gerard Butler did. Yeah. The other ones. He plays in this awesome movie that me and Eleanor like a lot. I cannot think of the name of it, but he like his family gets like murdered by some gang affiliated something. Mm. And then he plans out like this revenge story and it's like he gets arrested and like does everything from within the jail cell. Oh, it's so wow. Just like a mastermind behind everything. That's pretty cool. The the revenge movies. I love them. The Liam Neeson movie where he's trying to yeah, save his daughter. Yeah. That's another good one. Mm-hmm. Kill Bill, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. That one's yeah. wild. 
That's my favorite of all time. Okay, we got to talk about um, Harrison Ford coming back for. Uh, oh, oh my god! Is it what is it? Uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Okay, well he already came back once. Guess how old he is, man? I mean, is he like eighty? Then we look it up. I think he's older than eighty. I think he's like. Look it up. All right. Well, okay. So I just watched all of the Indiana Jones movies again recently. Oh, and they're you know he's like a stud in the first three, which he's still kind of old in those. No, not those. He's not that old. Oh, really? Yeah, they're back in like the eighties. But he's still like forty, right? You think? I bet he's in his mid thirties in the first one. Yeah, by the third one, he's not like a young guy in those movies. No. Okay. Yeah, and then the fourth one it came out in like I don't know, 2010. Mm-hmm. He's old in that. Yeah, and then now he's doing another one, and you could tell the difference in like you know he wasn't doing any like stunts or anything oh, crazy. Yeah. Dang. You know, CGI. and you could tell the difference. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's 80 years old. He's I 80. looked it up. Yeah, Dang. he's 80 right now. I mean, think doing a movie. Think about people you know in your life that are 80, and then think about them <laughs> playing Indiana Jones, Biden. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> picture Biden being Indiana Jones, dude. Hey, you know, <laughs> they could roll a um, a giant stone down the uh, stairs to get up to his um, airplane, and then he could just fall. Whoa, fall aside, aside. <laughs> That's what he was doing. He was playing Indiana Jones, yeah. following the, you know, dodging yeah. stuff. He, ah. he was seeing. Things. He was practicing for his role. He was auditioning. <laughs> yeah, he's a method actor. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! They'll do anything for the role. Yeah, there you go. You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. Fall down Air Force One stairs. Yeah, boom mm-hmm. for the role. <laughs> How old is Biden? Is he eighty? I don't even know if he's eighty. Really? He's almost eighty. I, I don't know. I think he's probably eighty. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The Nelk Boys just went to Jerusalem. Oh, oh what they do there? Cool. And oh, is that where they interviewed? Netanyahu, the pre- the prime minister of Israel, the Nelk boys. Oh, did they not interview him? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But they were there, and their tour guide took them to kind of like a a little village uh, in Israel, and like off the beaten path, deep deep down in wow, real Israel, you know, mm. and uh, it was like this village, this tribe, and there were like 400 of them or something. And they went and met like the the headmaster guy, the guy that, you know, the, the eldest elder. Yeah. yeah. And he had like 300 grandkids. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Or something like that. I think How there were like 4,000 in the tribe. But he had like 300 grandkids. He forgot how many kids he had, yeah. <laughs> uh, all this stuff, and and he was asking them like, "How old do you think I am?" And they all guessed like seventy five, seventy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "No, he he was ninety eight. Yeah. Wow!" And yeah. he was still just like out there trucking, yeah, having kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, but he was like eating um, like a sheep's milk. Soup mm-hmm. and pita bread, and he said that was the key, like to mm. long, yeah, to long life. Like yeah. that's all he ate was wow. just like sheep's milk and and pita bread. <laughs> but he was just like 
talking to him, all this stuff, and he's like 98. That's crazy. And it just made me think of like, you know, like in the Bible, like those those guys were like 150. Oh, yeah. You know, when it yeah, talks, when it goes through old. like the lineage of families and stuff, and it says like, you know, like Abraham begot so-and-so, mm-hmm. all this stuff, and then it says like, and then he lived to 182. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. Sheep's milk, man. Yeah. yeah. But, sheep's milk. Yeah. But it made me think, I was like, well, Israel is like, you know, God's land. Mm-hmm. So it made me think like maybe he was, this guy was just going to live until as long as he needed to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Israel is such an interesting place because it's not only, like it's so many different religions origin. Hmm. You know, you've got all these different religions that are in this area, you know. Muslim is a big one over there, yeah. you know, in that same area. And the confrontation that's gone on forever between Israel and Palestine. And I don't know. It's interesting. There's lots of different opinions on what, like, uh, the U.S. involvement should be mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, and Israel is one of the U.S.'s biggest allies. But I don't know. What are the dilemma or what are the opinions? Well, I mean, a lot of it is like, you know, we shouldn't be involved. Um, you know, Palestine has a right to do what they want to do. And, you know, Israel's. What's the conflict? Just like, I don't know. I'm not super, I don't, I'm not super knowledgeable about it, but I just know that, you know, the Palestinians say this is their land, the Israel. Mm-hmm says this is their land, kind of that in-between area. I don't know. There's been many, many deaths over there in that you know, little strip of area where mm. Israel Israel come in, you know, attack, you know. But it's, it's prompted by something. But I feel like a lot of it is just like this back-and-forth thing that continues and is there's always a response to the response yeah and probably they don't even know who started the first action yeah you know i mean even back in the 90s there was the war between israel and um gosh like another one of the middle eastern countries Mm -hmm. and um you know it's just been going on forever it's just a war-torn area yeah it's like man they couldn't have uh, you know israel's a relatively new country you know, after World War Two, Israel was set up by the Allies, and all many of the Jews moved to Israel. Hmm. Um, and you know, so I mean, we're talking fifties, sixties is when it was set up. <laughs> oh, damn! Uh, yeah, damn. I mean, it's always been a region, obviously, yeah, yeah. and Jerusalem's always you know been a city. But they set up that uh, you know the country in that area. Who set it up? The Allies after World War One, World oh. War Two. So they just kind of established it. Yeah, I mean, and it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't know everything about it, but it, yeah, they set it up after the Second World War to find a home for all the Jews that were um, pulled out of all the Eastern European countries. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a really small country too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they said it was like smaller than New Jersey. Oh wow. Yeah, I think they were saying that it takes four hours to drive around the whole country. Dang, that's crazy. It's like, right? Yeah. It was four hours, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was four hours. It's crazy. But that's tiny. Yeah. Oh. And they they hold their own. Well, no. No, they don't <laughs> hold their own. 
Do we the, hold their own? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The U.S. Oh, backs yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we pay for everything that they have. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it was it, crazy to see the the families there. They were going to what was the place that all the families were going to, and they had all went to. It was some place where Jesus had. Where he's crucified? Maybe. I don't I don't know. They were talking about how these families would save up their whole entire lives. Oh, it was the tomb. The tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And they these families would save up their whole entire lives just to like have the opportunity to like go there and like see it and like be present in it. And that it was just such a big deal for all these people to even like be standing hmm. with it. It was kind of cool to see like how important it was to these people yeah you know their whole life savings and there was to be in the presence of yeah and they would like write little notes Mm -hmm. and stick them in the wall yeah and then like put their hands on the wall and like pray Hmm. like of the tomb yeah i guess where jesus was buried what where jesus was buried after he was crucified yeah Yeah. right they put him in the tomb so jewish people were going there I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. think Jews believe in Jesus. Right? I don't know who they don't believe don't he's the son of was. God, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> maybe from other countries. <laughs> I guess maybe from other countries. Maybe they, they made that up. That is yeah. true. Fake news. Yeah. They lied. Yeah, they probably weren't even in in Israel. <laughs> That was so inspirational to me. And now, wow. Well, pro- you, you just got to look it up and figure it out. <laughs> then you can be inspired again. <laughs> That's true. It's probably a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they were talking about how people would, you know, like, even they were like super poor people, yeah. but they yeah. would save their whole lives just yeah. to be there. Yeah. I've always wanted to do, you know, go to Israel and see all that. I feel like that Are would you, be incredible. Really cool. Are you talking about Mecca? The Muslims going to visit Mecca? No, no, <laughs> this wasn't Mecca. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> and then they also went to the Dead Sea. Oh, really? Yeah, which what is really cool. There? They floated. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you can float in it because the salt yeah. content. Is yeah, so you high. can't see. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they've got a they've got a big guy named Gabe. And uh, oh, you're talking about the Nelk Boys again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was nervous because he didn't know if he was going to float. Because he's so big. <laughs> but he floated. Oh, yeah. I think he floated the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was It was weird, though, looking at it. Or, like, uh, watching them do it. Because they would just, like, lean back. And then you just, like, float. That is weird. That yeah, was weird. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And all the salt. Like, you could, like, see the salt. And mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Dang. That reminds me of when we were in... Uh, where did we go to in Budapest? Is that where we went to the baths? Oh yeah, that was kind of gross. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was cool. We went to like it the, was super cool. Yeah, it was like the hot springs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had one giant one outside, and it was like a huge pool, and there were just like tons of dudes out there hanging out. Like you're, <laughs> were they nude? No, uh, no, I don't think so. No, when you went inside, were there nude pools? Maybe. Yeah, I think is this there like, was like the bathhouses. Yeah, this yeah, yeah okay. the big uh-huh. bathhouses. Was yeah. it Budapest? Maybe it was Prague. I can't remember. No, where it, it was. wasn't Prague. I think you're right. I think it was Budapest. Yeah. When yeah. did y'all go to Budapest? Well, we went to Europe a couple of years. We ago. We did the Interrail. Yeah. Where Where was I? 
Why didn't I go on this trip? I don't know where you were. Where were you? I don't know. I really wish I would have gone. Oh, actually, was he in Ireland? I don't know. Did you go in the summertime? I did go in the summertime. I think y'all went on this trip way before that, though. Yeah, I think we did. That was like, maybe you were still in... I think I was in high high school. school? Nah. Not when you went to Ireland. Okay, but where all did y'all go? Y'all went on a bunch of places, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a great trip. We started... Well, you were already there. Mm -hmm. And then I met you over there in... Madrid, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we spent a little bit of time in Madrid, and then we went to Budapest. Shout out Madrid. You know who you are. Yeah. Budapest. <laughs> Prague. <laughs> Prague. Vienna. Berlin. Jeez. Uh, Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was like your favorite that. place? I don't know. I love Madrid. Yeah, um, you do love Madrid. Yeah. And... Um, which you were there like a day before, right? Yeah, Wasn't yeah I spent something... a, I spent a day there. Okay, uh, just by myself. Yeah, uh, which was interesting. It was cool. What'd you do? Just kind of walked around, ate at some little places, had a couple beers. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. Did you hit some museums? Uh, I don't know if I did then. Um, I think I just went to like, just walked, walked yeah, around the explored. City. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is it a really fun. cool city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I've never spent any time in Madrid. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so we really? we just went, yeah. we went and flew out that next day, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and then left or not? Yeah, because I flew into Madrid, yeah. and then and we then flew, we to flew right, yeah, yeah, right yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that was, was a cool, fun. cool yeah. trip. Oh gosh, that was awesome. So it was cool. so fun riding the train too. Yeah, because like you get to see out. And you know, see the countryside as you're yeah. traveling through. That is awesome. And we, we went with a group of, um, we have a foreign exchange friend who we're all very close with and a group of her friends. They do this thing in, um, Europe where they, all the, the young people do this thing called the NRIL and you set up different cities and you go by train from city to city. And it's like a, I feel like the the European Union like pushes it f- toward young people to like go out and do this and like oh, experience yeah. it and like have that have that time. It's a coming of age. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. But it was kind of funny because we got really cheap uh, tickets because we said we were Spanish. Oh yeah. So every time the the people on the trains were coming by, like. All the Spaniards were like, don't say anything, don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) And it was scary, too, because it was like, I remember something like we didn't want them to look at our passports or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they would know know. we were uh, U.S. citizens. Uh Yeah, so we were, we hid in the baggage area whenever they came around. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, that was a great trip. Yeah, that was really cool. Doing that. So fun. Yeah. I would love to go back. Mm-hmm. Any any uh, mishaps that happened on the way? Anything a little sketchy? Not really. I don't remember anything. Um, I know you know we were rushing to get to our train every yeah. single time. Yeah, every and, time. Yeah, and it was kind of in- like if we would have just been there, not speaking any other language, or not having experience traveling like that, it would have been crazy. But they knew what they were doing. It was awesome. 
Y'all, y'all probably would have missed your train. Oh, we wouldn't have Multiple even known times. where to start. It was crazy. Because, like, they had it. There were lots of signs in Spanish, I feel like. And then they all know every language. That's portions true. of every language. Yeah. French and... Yeah. yeah. French, so it was just, Spanish, and English, right? Yeah. That's the big... They, yeah, like... Three that they learn in, in, in high school. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Even younger than that, they start yeah, learning English young. Mm. And I guess... In some schools, French, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference of that and here is so interesting. Like, I took Spanish for two years, and I don't know anything. Yeah. Zero. I was about to say, when I took three years, I think, and didn't learn a single thing, and then (laughs) being in Spain for, like, two months, I was, like, starting to, like, pick up on conversations. That's crazy. Not speaking it, really, but, like, understanding little yeah. things and conversations and you could kind of that is true piece, i was there for i was there for a month and i started experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing you yeah know? Mm-hmm. like you 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 pick up like keywords in the conversation mm-hmm. and then you kind of know what they're saying yeah or you yeah. know what they're talking about and mm-hmm. then you know you also pick up enough to kind of some slang yeah some slang <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. all the cuss words pretty much all the cuss words <laughs> That's half the language there. <laughs> but, dude, they go hard. They go yeah. hard. The Spaniards go hard. But they also go hard in school, too. Oh, it's like a during work the school hard, year, play hard. I mean, gosh. Their they, high school is like our colleges. Harder, I would Pro- say. I'd say probably I think they spend too. more time studying. I mean, literally, they're at school all day, study all evening. Yeah. Mm. Repeat. Yeah. But then when summer hits... <laughs> it is it is over yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. every single day yeah. and you know they like they like travel to the different towns and follow yeah. the parties yeah. oh my gosh like oh yeah. my gosh i want to go to a bullfight i, I did too awesome. i went to a bullfight you did was it yeah. awesome yeah it was awesome Dang. it was like did they kill the bull at the end it was my second night it was my second day in spain yeah i was 16 mm. and, and your first time going there and my first time going there and you fought the bull <laughs> no i didn't fight the bull i should have though you speared the bull yeah. through the head they had you know this big festival party thing and in, in lid in the city and they had like the whole bull ring and they had the bullfighters they had like a stage with all these um like musicians playing and stuff and it was it was it was crazy. Dang. Like I don't think mm. we got home till seven <laughs> or eight, and they were fighting bulls the whole time. Fighting bulls. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Dang. it was it was it was wild. Yeah, that, we walked home at like seven thirty, <laughs> and instantly went to bed, and then I think. I think we were woken at 10 a.m. for a hike. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They oh, wanted, my gosh. Yeah, they wanted to go on a hike the next morning. Ugh. So we went on like a four-hour hike. Oh, gosh. With two hours of sleep. Yeah, with two hours of sleep mm. and oh, man. eight hours of partying at the festival (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy because it's like 
here where we grew up, if there was ever a party you went to, you know, you get done maybe one, two, and it's like there, you always see the sun rise. Mm. Like, I feel like that was a big always. thing. Like, we would always, like, go party, go to this music festival thing, and then, like, we'd go kind of, like, watch the sunrise and then go home. And it was, like, a cool thing because we'd all meet back up kind of watch the sunrise and then go all of us go home. that's really interesting you say and watch the sunrise there's a book uh by ernest Hemingway called the sun also rises <laughs> and um i don't think it's based on anything to do with spain but they go to spain <laughs> and they go to the bullfights and they go just and they're crazy people you know they're it's after the first world war and it's just like this time the in the peacetime in the <laughs> 20s in uh in spain and they spend time there it is oh it's so awesome goes to bullfights you know fishing in the mountains mm. and just it's it sounds so amazing yeah and it's funny because they see the sunrise too yeah. every morning we're, yeah. oh. we're basically ernest hemingway <gasps> yep mm -hmm. i think i was him before i was me <laughs> in a past life in a past life, in a past life. yeah yeah <laughs> The the letters E H always always kind of meant something to me, uh, you know. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah, they do they do go hard, and that was the worst hike of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really, I really wish I could have gone under different circumstances because it was it was really a beautiful hike. Yeah, yeah, but, but you didn't see any yeah. of it. But every second of it was just like torture, pain, <laughs> horribleness. Oh my and gosh! There's a picture of me uh, when we got to the top, and uh, they took a picture of me like overlooking it, and I just looked so like angry and <laughs> disgruntled. <laughs> like was, you're the most like beautiful place in the yeah. world. You're just angry. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? The, oh gosh! I think I ate an entire um, tortilla de patata. Mm. They brought like a family size one on the hike, and I think I, I think I ate the whole thing at the at the top just to get me through. But man, Europe's the best, man. Oh, it's so cool. Oh yeah, so much culture, so and much. just like that's what we tradition. That's what we miss out on. I feel like America being such a newer like such a new country mm. compared to like European countries. Mm -hmm. They have so much history and so much mm -hmm. depth and so much culture. Yeah. yeah. I think we can romanticize that though, because a lot of their history is horrible. Yeah. You know, like, That's true. you know, early, like the, I know we, I've heard them talk about it in Spain with like their parents being, or grandparents remembering like when they were persecuted for being Christians or yeah. Catholic mm -hmm. and like how that has affected so many people and many young people's relationship uh with christianity yeah in they're the, all in many of those countries a lot of them are against it yeah it's yeah. turned uh -huh. because of their hatred toward the church yeah mm -hmm. warranted yeah i mean <laughs> they did yeah. many horrible things the church did but a lot of horrible things yeah but it's hatred toward the church more yeah. than i think it's like you know huh. hatred to god yeah i don't know i, I think know. i think maybe to them it's it's all just one thing you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. but really, it is what, like, I've always thought that you know, religion and then your your 
relationship with God are like kind of two different things. Mm. Like to me, like all it is is like accepting God, having a relationship with God. That just seems like all of it to me. Yeah. And then there's, I think religion is like a whole nother thing Mm -hmm. almost, you know? Yeah. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's, it's simpler than just like a whole thing of of a religion yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah but yeah they definitely they definitely have been through the ringer with that yeah and i mean many things but you know it's it's all so easily romanticized i mean sure. we romanticize war we romanticize uh persecution you know mm-hmm. we romanticize amazing things yeah i but, mean i mean the, yeah the movies history. and the books yeah. and the, mm-hmm. the music and yeah. all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah makes us think differently i yeah. guess mm-hmm. and i mean even that book that i mentioned the sun also rises it's a romanticized um life of somebody who's really just tortured by their experiences in the first world war <laughs> yeah and i mean, I mean it's really all, it's, like a horrific thing yeah and it sounds amazing but he's they're all just alcoholics because the war ruined their lives yeah and they can't get over it and they they're all really deep down miserable mm-hmm but it's such a romanticized view. Um, I don't know. It's really interesting. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's. I always thought this was interesting, but the uh, in the UFC, when you see guys from other countries, it's like the biggest honor for them to represent their country. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird because I, I notice it with all these guys who aren't from the United States and they, you know, if they win a fight, they get on the mic after and they're like, you know, I'm so glad I'm the one to be able to represent my country, this and that. And I've never heard a dude from the United States say that. Interesting. Ever. ever. Hmm. I wonder if that too is like, um, you're in your country. So like the UFC is a U.S. US company, mm. you know, mm. it, I feel like it would be weird to get up and say, I'm representing my country in my country mm. to a country, to an audience of my country. Mm. You know, maybe yeah. if you were in a different country, like the and, Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like you can kind of, it, it's different for a U.S. or an American. Oh, yeah. But they do have fights over in different countries, too. Yeah, they fight all over the world Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I feel like that might be part of it, too, but I don't know. Do you think there's a a difference in other countries, like people taking pride in their country versus the United States? Definitely. I I think so. Like people taking pride in the United States? Maybe it's different in a way. Yeah. Like the history? Yeah. The culture? Yeah. Mm. Just... I don't know. The hardship. (laughs) The hardship. Maybe it's a hardship. That's what I think it is. Is that people remember the hardship. Mm -hmm. Where here... A lot of people don't face hardship. There's been hardship in the the United States. But, you know, um, I I think uh, (laughs) there's like a funny thing. It's like, you know, hardship. You've got your hardship at the beginning. Then everything starts to get better, 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 better. And then you have these generations that have never experienced any hardship and then they ruin everything and it goes back down Mm -hmm. and then it's hard and then it gets a little better, 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 better. And then everybody forgets about how 
grateful they should be for mm-hmm. the advantages that you have, and then yeah. plummets back down. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it, I mean, I think it has a little bit of. Um, I think it's you know. really true. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. definitely has some merit to it. I think. Yeah, I think so. Even just like within families, you know, mm-hmm. like when you have like, oh yeah, it's kind of like. Let's say like second generation rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's like never the, experienced the first generation like grew up really poor and like worked so hard to mm-hmm. build this company or build this, build their wealth or whatever yeah. ended up on top. And then their kids started out on top, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then you see that a lot of times mm-hmm. that that plummets and yeah. That yeah. falls yeah. and then yeah. they have to do it again. You know, yeah. like their kids or their kids' kids have mm-hmm. to have to fight to get back to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet that. I mean, I I think it's got. Yeah, like you said, it's got some merit to it. But yeah, it's an interesting idea. It also, hard it hardens you, right? Oh yeah, you know. And then you have these great men who are like went through things and climbed out of it, and then mm-hmm. it's like they create these weak, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these weak, yeah, weak <laughs> offspring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a fine line you got to run. But true. Yeah, Very I don't true. know. What do we know? Yeah, what do we know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's dive into this. Uh, Sam, you said you've been watching Dope Sick. Oh, gosh. It's crazy. So Dope Sick's about the opioid epidemic, right? Yeah. yeah. So like Purdue Pharma uh, came out with the Oxycontin. Um, the magic Pill. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, ruined many lives, many many lives. Still ruins lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We were talking. I was talking about it a lot the other night, and it was like you know that pill created division, like um, parents abandoning their children. So then a child grows up without any parents, and then that child's life is ruined. And it's just like a progression of you know fighting out of this. Um, like generational poverty, um, generational disadvantaged um, communities all over the place. Many in West Virginia and Kentucky, small towns in the mountains. Um, I don't know. It's amazing. The documentary is so good. Gosh, it's so sad. It makes me so mad the whole time. Just like watching what they did and watching that they knew about everything that well, they, they were doing. They made so much money off of these off of the pills, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and not, and I mean it's just like they lied the entire time. Like there was this one part and I had to rewind it a couple times and watch it cuz I was so blown away. It was like when the study that is the basis of so so when they pushed out oxycodone, they said this is non-addictive. <laughs> So most opioid, every other opioid is addictive and people get hooked on them. So doctors don't like to prescribe them. Well, they came out with this and said non-addictive and the FDA slapped a special banner on it that said less addictive than other opioids. So they got, I mean, it's never happened before in the history of opioids. So they put this little thing on it and the basis for all of this was from an article in the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, or no, what they said was a like a study mm-hmm. in the New England Journal of Medicine. Well, turns out it was a five 
all of this, it's based on, it's in medical journals, it's cited in medical journals, in textbooks that they were teaching to medical students. Published articles. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, all of the, they're all cited. The basis for all of this was cited in all of these, you know, documents. But the basis for it that was cited was a five-sentence letter from a dude who did a study based in strictly hospital settings, so monitored hospital setting for people with extreme pain that are on the stuff for, you know, a few days. Yeah. You know, getting out of surgery. And he found that less than 1% of people got addicted. Okay. Wasn't a study. No, that's it was just not a, a study. letter. He just did his own little thing, five sentences. Five sentences. And that sentences. was the basis for everything. For everything. It's crazy. That is insane. Crazy. That's wild. And it wasn't even a article. It was just a letter from this guy, this doctor. He wrote it to the New England Journal of Medicine, and they published it like they do with many articles or many letters from people. And the uh, Purdue Pharma saw that article and based everything around that article. They saw an opportunity. Yes. And they knew from the very beginning that it was was addictive. Because they, yeah. yeah. They knew from the very beginning it was addictive. And they lied about it. So when it came out, there, there was no database, correct? There was no database for Oxycontin. And so you could go... Oh yeah, yeah. You could, you could literally just hop doctor to doctor to doctor, clinic to clinic to clinic, yeah. and get prescriptions. Well, it's oh. it moved slowly. So like, they had a effort, a, a specific effort, and the marketing effort. They created fake companies that were like um, research foundations, and they would publish all these articles, and they were all propped up by Purdue Pharma, and they were just fake. Yeah. And they all talked about how amazing this wonder drug was. And they would bring doctors in and they would, you know, a doctor would read a news, an article in, you know, medical journals that Purdue Pharma had written or funded. And it was just like a huge effort to lie about this product and push. And I mean, the doctors believed that it was real and believed that it was an amazing drug. I mean... Just crazy, crazy. The documentary is so good. So how were the, I mean, doctors were making money off this too, right? How were they making money off of it? Was it kickbacks? Was it, I don't know. I don't really know how they were making money off of it. But I think a lot of it in the beginning was just, it was know, just a wonder drug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just great for their people. You know, you come in, you've got, you know, chronic pain. And you're like, wow, okay, let me try you out on this new medication. And then they try them out, and it's great, you know, for a few weeks. Yeah. And then you start getting more pain. You know, it doesn't last 12 hours. Well, that was a big thing with the FDA with this product was it was supposed to last 12 hours. Well, it didn't. And they lied about it. It was it was less time? Yeah, it would last like nine hours. So you'd wake up at night in pain. Yeah. And um, so then they just said double the dose. So if you're at 10 milligrams, they'd bump you to 20. And then they would just continue doubling the dose. Well, they made more money on every dose. Sure. 
So they, it was just good for them. You know, oh, your, your, your symptoms are coming back. Okay. Just, just up more. the dose. Up yeah. the dose. Yeah. Up the dose. Up the so dose. they were just producing massive amounts. Yeah. Of Cause drug. I mean, it costs basically the same thing to produce a 10 milligram pill as it did in 80. Sure. Were people creating a tolerance for it and yeah. then having to get more? Or are you saying like they lied about it being 12 hours long or both. kind of both? Both. Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. So then, so then people realized that they could, they could go in and hop dock to dock and get prescriptions and get a ton. And then they started selling it because they saw the value in it too. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were addicted to it, but then they started selling it also. Yeah. Because like, I think Florida was a big place where they would do that. They had the pill mills where you would go into the doctor on one side of the building and he would prescribe you the oxycotton and then you would go to the pharmacy on the other side of the building and you'd get your prescription yeah and it was just i mean they wouldn't even they might have done some fake examination yeah and that's that's when there's no database so they're able to just yep. like rack up on the pills yeah mm-hmm. and the doctors i think those doctors that were in those pill mills knew what they were doing um and they were just uh criminals yeah and just Terrible well, people. Because they would see the people come in and they were drug addicts. Mm-hmm. And they would prescribe it to them anyway. Mm. They were making kickbacks, though. They probably were. I think I they think. were. Yeah. Like the docs were getting getting some sort of kickback off of it. Yeah. And I mean, and they're billing insurance. Yeah. And they're the pharmacy. Yep. So they're mm-hmm. making money off every every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's ruined so many lives. Oh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So many lives. Yeah. I mean, that Appalachia, like West Virginia, Kentucky, um, you know, Virginia, included, including Virginia. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. To this day. Yeah, to this day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. I think, I think. Uh, and it, 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 it is all, it's government and, pol- and, um, and uh, corporation. So like the FDA and the Purdue Pharma. Purdue Pharma basically conspired to get this thing through. Sure. Um, yeah. And it, a lot of it was uh, Purdue, you know, like the guy that stamped and approved the less addictive um, label on Oxycontin a year later left at the FDA and went and worked for Purdue Pharma as an executive making probably Jeez. making a ton of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so blatant, and it that is happens so today. Yeah, same stuff happens today. This is back in the early two thousands. I think it came out in ninety six, and you know, they fought it, fought it, fought it, and you know, finally there was that big settlement with Purdue Pharma. But none of those people are in jail. Um, yeah, they don't go to jail. No, <laughs> they paid like a billion dollars in fines, but they made five billion. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It cost them forty million to make the to come up with that drug. That's nothing. And they made billions and paid a billion dollar fine. It, it always blew my mind, like the pharmaceutical companies and like the government. How like they don't really even try and hide it. No, and you know how what is the FDA is funded by the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, by the sale of pharmaceuticals, there's a tax on the pharmaceuticals. I mean. It's beneficial. The FDA gets more money 
for the more pharmaceuticals that are sold. Yeah, I was about to say that. And, like, yeah, all the pharmaceutical companies um, sit on the board of the FDA, right? There's something weird like that. Well, I mean, they f- there's a lot of funding. There's a lot yeah. of influence, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which, to me, I feel like maybe the the FDA should be its own entity without any any yeah. like private funding or any anything yeah. like that. I think it's funded through tax dollars. Taxes on pharmaceuticals, but still it's just like it's, it's so obvious like it, it increases <laughs> the FDA's operating budget with the more drugs that are sold. Sure. You know, it makes sense to fund it that way, but but it, it doesn't make sense. That's where too. human that's where greed and human error comes in, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. funding it that way, okay, on a macro level, it's like, okay, maybe this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then people run those corporations yeah. and get greedy. Yeah. Like, that's just a mm-hmm. fact. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And, I mean, that that it would be, I don't know how you stop it, but, like, you know, the guy stamping Oxycontin with that not less addictive stamp and then going to work for the company. It's so obvious that he was <laughs> influenced by the company to do this. Yeah. You know, he should be in prison. Yeah. So why isn't he in prison? He might be. I don't know. I haven't even finished the documentary mm-hmm. yet. So I don't know the specifics on the individuals. I just know from the news previously yeah. about the giant fine levied on Purdue Pharma um, by the federal government. Mm-hmm. Can they just pay it off? Power. And they get power away and with things? Yeah. Power and influence. Yeah. yeah. People, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Thousands of people died and hundreds of thousands of families were ruined and nothing changes. It'll happen again. Yeah. It 100% will happen again. I mean, I think it's, I think like the leading cause of death for 18 to 24 year olds or something in the United States mm. is like opioids, yeah, overdose, fentanyl, yeah, like that's yeah. a leading cause of death yeah. for young people. Yeah. And I don't Isn't know. Isn't that if, scary? Yeah. It's crazy. And I don't know if it's true, but I feel like it all stemmed from that Oxycontin that came out. I mean, that was the advent of the opioid. Yeah. And that got so many people hooked on it. And I mean, you've still got, you know, if you're, if you're 40 right now, you were 20 in 2000 and, you know, might've gotten involved or started using that drug. It's crazy. Yeah, and so then like it's not isn't like it's it, over. Isn't it a weird thing? Like, if you're trying to get off opioids, like you can die if you don't yeah. gradually. Like, I think so. Is that well? Am I, I right about that or no? I don't know about that. I think, I think you can get off of it. I think uh, benzodiazepine and alcohol are the two that can kill you if you get off okay. of them. Okay, and I think that's uh, like Xanax. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, like, I mean, like methamphetamine, right? I don't know if it'll kill you if you get off of it. Like withdrawals? Heroin withdrawals? You'll have withdrawals. That Mm -hmm. can kill you. Withdrawals can kill you. Oh, really? Yeah. I I think alcohol and benzos are the biggest, or the The worst, have the worst withdrawals. I mean, you know. Maybe we should do our own little study. 
That's a good Where idea. one of us needs to get addicted to. <laughs> I, think, I think it's you, Henry. We'll shoot you up with a bunch of. No, no, no. This is my idea. Oh, okay. So I get the. You get the I get pass. to run the trials. How about it's none of us and we choose choose an outside person without them knowing? It's kind of like what they did. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, it's exactly it's like what exactly they did. Exactly what they did. Huh. But they the, knew. I'll be the and FDA. They I'll be the FDA. Sam will be Purdue Pharma. Yeah. What do I get to be? You're y'all? the Stamper Man. Okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. And yep. we'll just introduce it on an unknowing person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll get addicted. Yep. And then we'll take it out of their diet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, because no one's done a study like this before ever. Yeah, this is the first. <laughs> this is, this first is revolutionary. I think this is revolutionary. Well, yeah. I'll tell you who didn't do it was Purdue Pharma. They didn't run any studies. Mm-hmm. That's before I they pushed it. out the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, they did. They did ran some studies in like um, uh, somewhere in like South America. I think it was like Peru or something. Mm. There was probably a bunch of drug addicts down there. Was this a, um, I feel like I've heard them, people talking about when Hitler was in power, he had everyone on meth. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And it was just like, yeah. Yeah, There was like, there were these little capsules that they would take. So everyone was just cracked out, right? The soldiers. So they could fight Mm -hmm. for hours, like for days. Yeah. They became warriors. Yeah. It's like the kamikaze too, right? I don't know if they did. I don't know. I thought, I thought they were on meth. They might have been. Mm-hmm. Like flying the planes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, they probably were. I mean, it takes a lot of freaking guts to kill yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot think of meth. It, yeah, yeah. But they were doing it, uh, like, they treated the emperor of Japan, and he was like a living god. Mm-hmm. So it was like a religious, uh, I don't know. I think it was. There's a different motive. Yes, it was like a deep motive. Yeah, Hitler. Hitler wasn't a god to the Germans. He was just a leader, and uh, I don't think there were, you know. So he would get him cracked out on meth to fight for hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. and hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like a name for harsh conditions. No food. Yeah, Yeah. they could just go. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. they were like robots. Yeah, I think a lot of it was used on the Eastern Front which was fighting the Germans. Um, but I'm sure it was used on the Western Front as well. Stay up late. Stay up for hours and hours. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Joe always shows that video of Hitler at some event. He's watching maybe some sports event or some, I don't know what it was, but he always shows this clip of Hitler like sitting on the edge of his seat, just like bouncing up and down with his hands going and he's, Oh, biting man. it down on his teeth, you know, just as hard uh, as he can. And he's just—he was—he like, was on all sorts of drugs. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was on meth, cocaine, everything. He was cracked out. That dude was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to be right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was at the beginning, um, you know, but he was uh, a psychopath. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, was he? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh, man. No, that dude was insane. Oh, my yeah. gosh. How do no. you... You think you're born with that evil inside of you? Yes. 
You think so? You I know, think your so. nature versus nurture yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't like, know. you think he was born evil? Yeah. Would you kill baby Hitler? Would I kill baby <laughs> Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, and it's got to be gruesome too. Like, it's not like a easy thing. Like, it's a, you got to like go after him, you know. As a baby? Yeah, as a baby. Would you do it? This is a tough situation. Yeah. I mean, would you throw baby Hitler off of a three-story <laughs> building? <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. You would? Yeah, I'd throw mm-hmm. baby Hitler off of a 15-story building. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Opportunity cost. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's tricky. Yeah. Because he is a baby. Yeah. But. He's or, an evil baby. Well, see, if yeah, that's the nature versus nurture question. That's true. Was he, he evil at that time? Yes. Right? Would mm-hmm. you throw him off the building or would you take him home and raise him? And nurture him? Yes. Because. Mm-hmm. Man. And I mean, I think a lot of it, too, was uh, the environment that he grew up in. Um, what know. what was it? He was a what? soldier, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the First World War. Yeah, uh, You know, and like First World War was totally different. Second World War. They didn't have the planes and automation. So like the front was where the war was. So where, you know, the allies and the um, Germans and Austro-Hungarians were fighting each other. Um but, like, at home in Berlin or in London, there was no evidence of, like, destruction. You know, people were coming home wounded and everything, and, you know. So the battle is, is mainly just taking place on that specific battlefield. Yeah. And the I battlefield mean, wasn't in Berlin. It wasn't in London. Yeah. Well, it was mainly in um, Belgium. Yeah. The Belgium's got, you know, the worst of it. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of France, but it wasn't in Germany. And so a lot of the Germans thought that the government had betrayed them because they were getting all this propaganda um, that they were winning the war, and then all of a sudden it just ended. Mm. But it was because they had been losing, you know, and it was they were getting annihilated by the French. But So what was Hitler's motive? For He was angry at the government? He was, and well, he blamed the Jews for... Um, influence over the government and like not contributing to the war effort mm. adequately, which was a lie. I mean, it kind of sounds the, like Kanye. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't mean the Jews fought in the First World War on the sides of the Germans and contributed mm. a lot to mm. a lot to the war effort. You know, he they was, were German. He was just an artist, a starving <laughs> artist, man. <laughs> <laughs> just thought different than other people. Oh, <laughs> now, all of that's so interesting. Just yeah. that environment after the First World War was was crazy, uh, you know. But you know, they, and um, I read this great book. It's called The Lords of Finance, and it was all about um, the inner year. Or you know, it took you from like 1900 to I think the start of the Second World War but mainly talked a lot about the Great Depression and just how horrible it was in Germany at that time. You know, you would have to, like, people would take get a paycheck, and it was like a wheelbarrow full of cash, and they would go instantly to the market to buy food because if they didn't, by the if they waited a day, 
the inflation would be so substantial wow. that they wouldn't even be able to buy anything with this barrel of um, cash. Wow. Like you'd take that wheelbarrow full of cash and buy a loaf of bread or something. It'd be like a billion dollars. They were minting all these like high dollar, <coughs> high amount bills because it was just, they couldn't keep up with the inflation. It was crazy. Jeez. It was wild. Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, a lot of it was pushed by the, after the First World War, they, um, the Allies levied all these war debts on Germany. So they wanted Germany to pay for the war, but they just lost the war and lost all of their production in the, um, in the Rhineland, I think, after the First World War. So which they is had like all their they had huge no money factories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they had no money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was awful. So he yeah. blamed the Jews, and then that's kind of what stinted. That's kind of how it started. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and, it, and it, I mean, it, you got to think this was like the worst time in Germany ever after this after the First World War. You know, so many. Men come home injured and dead, uh, or, you know, don't come back. And then just the suffering during that time, they wanted, they were looking for something to blame, someone mm-hmm. to blame. And they chose the Jews. Yeah. Well, awful. he chose the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow he rose to power. Yeah. Then he escaped and went to South America. Yeah. Y'all know this, right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Where he <laughs> still resides. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's He's 150. Why. Yeah. I've been so drinking goat's milk. Yeah. <laughs> drinking bread. Milk. <laughs> and I think I think it's time for us three to go go get him. Yep. Bring him to justice. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Sam, did you ever watch that uh, history show with Tim Kennedy, fi- uh, Finding Hitler or whatever? No, I haven't seen it yet. Because uh-uh. no, I think know you were Tim telling Kennedy, me about it. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's... Um, Military guy, yeah. ex UFC yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. dog in the UFC. Uh-huh. Bellator yeah. too, I think. But um, he went on Joe's podcast and they did his first one. They were talking about Hitler and the South America mm-hmm. and how he went down to South America and yeah, you know, there's a whole community of like oh yeah, Nazi old family mm-hmm. who escaped Germany after the World War Two mm-hmm. and. Ca- crazy oh yeah there's a good crazy there's just a good documentary of the like the special forces israeli army Mm -hmm. going and uh killing a nazi big nazi general leader dude um like in the 70s in uh argentina i think yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting Mm -hmm. it's i watched a documentary about the nuremberg trials and it was shocking how m- many of these German leaders and stuff like got off. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that stems from the the First World War mm-hmm. because of how the the Allies treated the Germans so horribly, and they did not want them to get better. They wanted them to suffer, mm-hmm. and all that did was lead to another war. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know the specifics on who you're speaking of. I know they got rid of a bunch of the like big guys. Yeah. But at some point, you've got to send people home and, um, you know, try to help the country heal and heal in a way that they're not holding grudges over 
everything that happened. Yeah. Because you killed everybody who even set foot on a concentration camp or something. You know, I mean, it's like, you got to go home and you got to start, go back to work and mm-hmm. let the I country think the, I think the documentary, it, it was focused on, they were trying this guy who was a German soldier or something mm-hmm. in like the 90s or something. Oh, whoa. Yeah. They like brought him back and put him on trial. You know, they just did and that And he was recently. like 90. They did one something. recently. Like in the, like last year. Oh, wow. They caught wow. somebody and uh, put him on trial and sentenced him to like 100 years in prison. But he was like 100 years old. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he Yeah, would. don't let him drink any sheep's milk. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. pita. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no dude. Pita so I got a question. Who's more evil? The Nazis or Big Pharma? Mm, I think there's just evil in the world. It's hard to say who's more evil. Mm. I think there's just evil. Yeah. Are there levels to evil? I think it's just one thing. Yeah. Just evil. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think you can be bad and not evil. Or evil's like another level. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think it's hard to say who's eviler. Mm-hmm. You know, I think bad Especially is in those two situations. I think bad. The motive is something other than the actual bad doing. Mm. Yeah. You know, like sure. bad. It could be like money is the motive. Yeah. You know, evil. Like the motive is like. The actual evil act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, psychotic. Yeah. You know, in, insane. We live in a scary world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After a watching, real scary world. After watching that documentary, I was like, I don't, I don't trust anything. No. <laughs> How could is there you? is there more good than evil in the world? I think so. I think there is. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Ooh, fight, <laughs> fight. <laughs> you think there's more evil in the world than good? Yeah. Mm. And you think there's more good than evil? Well, yeah. I have hope that there's more good than evil. I think there's a lot of people that are set down the wrong path or um, or a false narrative is put on a group of people that makes them sound evil. Um, but maybe they, it's just a propagandist um, idea of how our country or another country wants to portray another country. Sure. But uh, maybe the vast majority aren't evil. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think we've got, like, a idea of what Russia is. And, I mean, like, look at all these <coughs> movies that come out. Uh, you know, they're all propagandized toward the evil Russians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, during, yeah. especially during the Cold War and, yeah. in the 80s and But 90s. then you think about, like, the, the average Russian, just like... Yeah, just a dude. Yeah, like our mm-hmm. age over in Russia. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. What do you he, think he's doing right now? Is he yeah. is he evil? You I know? don't think so. I don't think so. No. Uh-uh. But we've got this idea of what these yeah. people are. I mean, is the regular soldier in the Russian army, is he evil? Probably not. Yeah. You know, Probably he's just not. serving yeah. his country. And he's been... Yeah, he just might not know any better. Or he might know better, but he's too scared to do anything else. That's true. Mm-hmm. Fear. Yeah. But we, Fear. We do live in a fallen world. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and good doesn't always prevail. No, uh-uh. no, it doesn't. 
I think there's been a lot of terrible things that uh, our country's done. For sure. I mean, staying in Afghanistan and Iraq for 20 years, millions of people died. Probably not the best idea. Yeah. I mean, when we first went in, um, George W. Bush said, we're just going to go in and take out these evil people who did 9-11. Mm-hmm. He said, we're not going to nation build. And we were there for 20 years. Yeah. That's nation a, building. That's a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A really long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So we're in a, in a fallen, fallen world where bad things happen. Where do we, how do we have hope, you know? Because we still need to live and live well and try our best. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think you just do all you can to, you know, help people in every way you can. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much you can do. Um, I think the key is probably just to focus on being selfless. Yeah, mm. I think so you too. Know? Yeah. That's good, mm-hmm. yeah. I think just... If if your aim each day is to just be as selfless as possible, yeah, then I think maybe you can breed some good environments. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's some very good true. outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. also you know you gotta. I would, you know, put your hope in God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Selfless and hope in God. That's a great, great life motto. Yeah. Honestly. There's there's the keys to success right there. Yeah. I th- <laughs> yeah, I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all want to wrap this up? Yeah. Let's do it. That was I'm, fun. I'm getting kind of hungry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to pee like a racehorse. <laughs> a Russian Inter- racehorse. Intermittent fasting today. Yep. There you go. What time is it? Probably uh, past 11. Oh, Almost shoot. 12. Yeah, almost noon. <laughs> Dang. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. I want to do it again soon. Right on. Yeah, we're going to bring you, you. You might be our most reoccurring guest. Yeah. There we go. I'm excited. Maybe maybe it. we'll just bring you on as like another another part of the pod. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. That way it. we don't have to treat you as a guest, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. we are in your house eating your food, <laughs> using your electricity. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, good. yeah well, Sam, Sam will be back. I'm for ready. sure. I'm for excited. sure. Over and out, right, Hen? Over and out. Over and out. See you on the tripod. See you on the tripod. (laughs)